is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Wire, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Well, Brock Heward and Matt Stretch Johnson in with you today, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week. Going to be an absolute blast. Huge, huge one tonight for the Mariners as they head down to the Bay and begin a series down there. Every Monday about 6.30, Justin and Mora and Mike like to spin around the weekend. So, Mora, why don't you take me around the Pacific Northwest weekend that was? All right, let's do it. Uh, first up, the Mariners win a rubber match against a good team and even launch a comeback after falling behind early. Uh, Scott Service sounding a little bit like Pete Carroll postgame. We talk about, you know, competing uh, every day, every inning. Um, today is kind of the epitome of that for me. We did. We showed up. Today's game was about offense. And as much offense, as uh, much heat as our offense has taken here, and rightly so, we have not produced. I just thought uh, the, guys, the way the guys responded today was awesome to see. It's in there, you know, and then we had a nice game yesterday. We get down 6-1 after, you know, headed in the bottom of the third, and many people are thinking, oh, here we go again. And credit to our guys. Um, they grinded it out. Well, I'm trying to go through our bevy of texts yesterday, Stretch, that I sent you on the Little League Baseball game to your Mariners one because I think you sent me a text in the first or second or third inning of that Mariners game yesterday. Like, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. This is not how I want to come in on a Monday morning. Down a familiar road with these Mariners, not able to win a rubber match, four and nine in those, not able to win a series against a good team. And instead, as as Pete, as Scott Service said, any by any, man, how do you eat an elephant? Bite by bite. You got to go win those innings. Go get it back. And that is the first time since July of last year against Houston. They come from five down to get a huge series win against the race. It was it was nerve wracking to be honest with you because if if it's just another debacle and we're walking in, I mean, how do you just keep putting lipstick on it? I mean, you're just like, mm, what was okay. the biggest play in the turnaround? What do you think was the biggest moment, the biggest hit, the biggest is 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 Scott said there competing? What any any moment that stood out any bigger than any other in that comeback? I think it's just a consistent putting the hits back to back to back. It just felt like um, if you know, Kelnick doesn't double and drive in two, do they do that? God bless I don't know him. if they do. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, if he does not get that hit, if he doesn't drive in a couple runs, if you don't get that first smack, right? If you don't knock that starter out of the game, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if they come all the way back down from six one. No, it's it's. I, I I hate to be cliche and say contagious because then they just started kind of piling him up, and it just felt like. Again, I go back to relaxing. Like the next guy comes up and 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 it's the first swing. It's a first, it's a knock re- immediately, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, this is. You make it look so easy, right? When things are going well in yeah. any spot, you make it look so easy, and all of a sudden, boom, that's how it goes. And then right center, and then that's how it goes, and all of a sudden, yeah, oh no, yeah, this team can hit. It's not like they can't hit, and you, you're just doubting, but it's just the doubt that creeps in their heads. Yep. And no, you can do it, and, and it's one at a time. And and service said it perfect. Everyone, just do your job. Just you do your job. Everyone, just be calm down. Just do Justin, your job. Justin, do your job. Mora, do your job. Stretch. Oh no, they're do doing fine today. Stop, stop it. What camera they're am doing... I looking at again? What camera? Oh, when did I say that? Now I blacked out. I don't even know when I said that. All Next. right, we'll move on to the NHL. 
Free agency kicked off Saturday, and the Kraken have already made some additions and seen some departures. Defenseman Carson Soucy signed with the Vancouver Canucks, and they also lost a few forwards. Uh, Morgan Geeky ended up at the Boston Bruins. Ryan Donato is now a Chicago Blackhawk, and Daniel Sprong is with the Detroit Red Wings. Here was GM Ron Francis on Geeky and Donato signing elsewhere. Morgan, you know, we did uh, make what I thought was a, a pretty fair offer. It didn't work out. He has the right, you know, once we don't qualify him to go elsewhere and look, and, and that's what he did. So I wish him the best. And, and uh, you know, Donato's a little bit different. Ryan was a, was a totally unrestricted free agent, so he had the ability to wait till July 1. We talked ahead of it. Um, he certainly loved his time here, loved the players uh, and the fans and the city and the organization. Uh, we just felt he had done a lot for us, and we owed him the opportunity to go out and test it and, and couldn't be happier for him. Uh, you've seen him get the two-year deal at $2 million. You know, He actually called shortly after just to thank us and the organization for everything. Was just, just a class kid, a true professional. So happy for them. It would be missed by us. Kind of went on to talk about just how you know they have Ty Cartier, Shane Wright, Riker Evans, some guys waiting in the wings, and... Some things we've heard echoed from Jerry Depoto of like they, they don't they need to leave room for those guys even though yeah. the you know we they, these were huge depth pieces for them this season they also need to make room for the guys but, they have but, waiting in the yeah room. exactly but look at where Morgan Geeky goes he goes to the best team in the NHL last year that's saying something about your depth and what yep. you have on your fourth line and again welcome to the NHL for those not familiar this the turnover in the NHL is amazing like you're losing who. And then you get to know you get to know new names. A kid from Edmonton, solid. He has been under. He's kind of underperformed. He's a first round, former first round Yamamoto? draft pick. Yeah, but watched him in the playoffs. He works his tail off. That fits exactly what they do here in Seattle. So, and again, if you're gonna trust anybody, trust Ron Francis. I mean, he knows what he's doing, and he's gonna bring this in. And the group that you're talking about, they they got to show their wares this weekend, and and it's an exciting young group. And you have to get you have to put them on the ice. Okay, two things come to mind as I hear you and Maura have that conversation. Uh, number one, there's a reason Gabe Jackson and Shelby Harris are still free agents in the NFL. Like, they're just they're there at a place in their career where you're not a wanted commodity. And frankly, a lot of the guys that throw LJ Collier on that list, a one-year minimum deal in Arizona, and some of the other pieces that you played with last year were not big in demand. And your guys were. As you just said, like, they played very well. And while you're going to miss Morgan Geeky and Donato and, and the, what they brought... They earned that right, and they earned that opportunity, and the market wanted them. Second thought is they've got cash, and I don't know. I'm just in on this Carlson guy. You tell me he's won the Norris Trophy as the best defender multiple times, and I know they made a move for a Pittsburgh Penguin defender, but give me a little bit more abrasion. Give me a little more battle-tested, and give me the best defender in the game. I'll be keeping an eye on that in free agency as well. And you mentioned that you liked him earlier. His name's Brian DeMolin, and this was what Dave Haxtell had to say about him. There's nothing that we're going to see this upcoming year that he hasn't been through already. More importantly, he's a good player. Like he's going to add to our decor. Um, he's, uh, his skill sets fit very well with the makeup of our group. I don't want to jump to conclusions in terms of D pairings and things like that, but this is a guy that can... You know, there's a couple of pairings that I have in mind, but I think he fits very well with. He's going to be, you know, a big part of our PK. He's done that. He's he's, he's very good at it. There's a lot of elements of his game that he's he's going to bring here. And most importantly, you know, and just been talking with him in short short conversation. He's excited to come here, and and vice versa. We're excited to have him and add him to our mix. How intense! Super excited. How intense is Haxtell? He sounds like he's ready to eat a pencil. 
right there, doesn't he? I mean, it's he July. With Brock and Salk last week, and I yeah. think that's the, honestly the most enthusiastic I've ever heard him. Yeah. yeah. He's an intense dude. <laughs> intense dude. And, and he sounds excited about all these moves, and you have to be in step with everybody. Obviously, the front office, Francis, and these players, but they were missing, Brock. They were missing a stud. You know, they're going to score more. These guys are going to mature and score more. But they were missing just a, a butt kicker back there that just says, yeah, not here, not now, get away from my goalie. I mean, they did have some tough guys, but these are the these are the pillars you have to have to make that next step in the NHL. Some of that sandpaper. Well, that's around the weekend. We only got to two. I knew that was going to happen, uh, unfortunately. We <laughs> that's didn't a get good to... problem, Brock. Yeah, that is a good problem. We didn't get Ricky to Fowler Ricky Fowler. Yeah, well, can we do, do it? it? You're going to pout. You're going to pout. You know what I'm going to do? I need to know. No, I'm going to do it. I need to know next. <laughs> We've got time. And uh, the one thing I can do when I try to run the show when Salk is out is I can stay on schedule. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a blacksmith. I am not an artist, and I could stay on schedule. It's stretch in for Salk all week long. You're listening to us on Seattle Sports Station on 710. Need to know next on the Seattle Sports app. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, here's what you need to know, what you already know, because if you're tuning in on July 3rd on a beautiful Monday, preceding the 4th of July, listening to Matt Stretch Johnson and yours truly, you were probably watching those Mariners yesterday or listening to them. And man, did they need that. They needed this month of July. They needed to put April and May and June behind them, a players-only meeting. about the last stage as I went through the five stages of development for this team in that clubhouse. But Scott Service would tell you, boy, going out and competing a big part of how they got it done. I mean, what Tom Murphy did today, pretty awesome. You know, a couple walks, big homer to tie the game, great job behind the plate. So it's everybody doing Sorry, that is the wrong one. And we, we oh, you're got good. mixed up on the numbers. Either way. We talk about, you know, competing uh, every day, every inning. Um, today is kind of the epitome of that for me. We did. We showed up. Today's game was about offense. And as much offense, as much Heat is our offense is taken here, and rightly so. We have not produced. I just thought uh, the guy, the way the guys responded today was awesome to see. It's in there, you know, and then we had a nice game yesterday. We get down 6-1 after, you know, headed in the bottom of third, and many people are thinking, oh, here we go again. And credit to our guys. Uh, they grinded it out. I like that, man. It's in there. It's in there. You've said that a couple times already, Stretchy. It's in there. But you're a 500 team, 40 and 42, because – yeah, you've shown it's in there, but you've also just turned it on and off. And you know what? In these rubber matches, you've not been good. In big moments, you've not been good. In one-run games, you have not been good. Against good teams, you have not been good. And yesterday, they were. And let's really hope that gives them just some fuel, some just like a bottle rocket or a Roman candle as they head down to the Bay Area and begin a series with the Giants. Okay, tonight. you keep on saying these next seven games. It's more than that, bro. No, these yeah, next seven are I know. big. The thing, the other- it's the all-star break, stretchy. And You've then won. we're like mid-July. Go ahead. Keep going. No, you're they're just big. all fired up. The other part is you've won 40 games and you've been poor. That That's the turnaround. That That is what I, I, I don't know if that's a positive or a negative. You've won 40 games and so much more can happen. So yep. much more can happen. I don't think this team's got 12 wins in a row in them. I don't. But I think they have seven of 10 and six of eight, and you win a couple, 
you win a couple you're not supposed to win, and you but win. You know some why I say it's big stretch? You know why I say it's wrong cut, also, Mora. That's the wrong cut. Yeah, I got in my head, guys. I got in my head. I messed up. I heard him talking about Tom Murphy, and I thought it was a different one, but it actually was the one you wanted. And can we play that or not? I don't want to sound like a good for you, Brock. No, good for you. Competing. Yeah, good for you. Stretch. What Tom Murphy did today? Pretty awesome. You know, a couple walks, big homer to tie the game. Great job behind the plate. So it's everybody doing their job. Yeah. And I talked about it oftentimes. You know, don't try to do too much. Yeah. Just do your job. Just do we it. have enough talent in there. It's I, there. See, you got me flustered. You said I was. I, I got was you flustered. You feel You've had me flustered for four years. <laughs> what do you mean? I've got you flustered. No, that's the point, Brock. It's it's okay. You you make it sound like the next seven days. So if there's a loss here. Today in no, San Francisco. No, no, they go two and five on this road trip, and you're six games under 500 at the All Star break. They don't. They get the whole week off, and then you come back, and that trade deadline's like ten days away. It's there. It's now. And the math this year in baseball and in the American League is not on your side. You're, there's only 80 games to go. So after these seven, there will only be 73 to go. And you start doing the math and how far behind you are, and how big a hole you got to dig out of. I think it's pretty significant. Structure. And how many teams are in front of you just That's for the right. wild card? I'm with you. Right. You, you sold Next. Me. Next, Mora. Here's the second thing <laughs> you need to know. Mora, what camera <laughs> am I supposed to be looking at? Guys, the reviews are in. We have a text from the 425 that says, Waking up and driving four hours from Tri-Cities to the peninsula to Matt Stretch Johnson has yep. been jacked. Jacked. So jacked. good. So good. Dear Kyle Brown. Yeah. Okay, Maura, I, I think I got the right cut here. I think this is Scott talking about Luis Castillo being an all-star, but maybe a couple other Mariners deserving. Yeah, I do think we have a, a couple pitchers that are very worthy of it. I think George's had an outstanding first half. I think Paul Sewald's had a great first half. Um, and, I, and, again, I said to the team, there are things that happened here over the last week. Some guys won't pull out, and hopefully we'll get a couple more players in there because um, those two guys, in my mind, are very deserving. I think, frankly, George is more disturbing, more deserving. Well, his stuff is disturbing, more deserving than Luis. I trust George Kirby more. I do. In the first half, in these 80 games and the starts, wow. when there is a George Kirby start, I, I, I think he's going to give you what he's given you 13 times and gave you Saturday. And that's a quality start. Second most in all of baseball. Luis, Luis might go out and give you eight, eight innings of unbelievable ball and, and look even glitzier and, and more glamorous and more beautiful than George. But as far as who I trust right now, I trust George Kirby more, and I think his numbers are better. And I think, frankly, he's one of the biggest snubs in baseball to not oh be playing gosh. in this game. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. You, you've sold me I'm from going. 645 on. Now I'm he's going. the biggest snub. Yep. I was going to say that, you know, besides Washington, St. Louis, the Cubs, Colorado, there's many managers. There are many managers that can say, yeah, I think so-and-so could have made it also. And so-and-so could have made it also. I just think Castillo, not only his name, but his nastiness. Maybe it's how he makes batters look silly you, i mean yep. silly he had a slider yesterday boy like i know it's a slider uh, he had a couple pitches yesterday that were just filthy but he gets lit up he does. i mean this he gives up the runs to your point kirby doesn't and you know i'd like to see seawald um my guy service brought up seawald so, you're a seawald guy you know I mean, what seawald just... is seawald's a fred myers guy like he i i, I I, we sat down with him in the spring, and he blue collar. was blue collar yeah, through blue collar. and through. Knows what he like is, that. what he isn't, and I love that dude. Okay, one more. Like Here we go. Here's the third thing you need to know. Um, Stretchy, I'm a, I'm a little nervous. I'll raise my hand. Really? I am. 
I'm a little nervous because there's been a lot of cracking out the door. Names that I became familiar with this year. Names like Susie and Geeky and Donato and Sprung. Guys that played significant roles on all those different lines. And yes, they've added two. And they bring in a, and they take a flyer, not on a Philly flyer, but Kyler Yamamoto, former first round pick, a small deal out of Edmonton. And they do add a defenseman with two Stanley Cups to Moulin under his belt. So four out the door, two in. I got to be honest with you. My first time doing this where, where there's like a, a lot of, I don't know, Ron intensity. Ron Francis. Settle down. Ron Francis, Adden Parts, and who knows if he's going to make a splash. But, yeah, we get used to the names. I mean, talk about – you're talking about baseball, how many how many games, and they're with each other. So many games in the NHL. So yep. many games. So, yes, if you jumped on And then when you see the buy-in, these... though, Stretch, like those guys were gritty veteran dudes That's, that yeah. bought in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they were like the buy-in pieces. They yeah. weren't the, the front-line pieces, the veneers. But you've told me, and I've got to get used to this. This is hockey, right? This not, is the way it works. Not only that, but maybe give Hackstall, give your head coach a little credit. They bought in. Why? They bought in because of his messaging. Because it worked. It worked. They outworked teams. Mm. You know, and they beat teams that they weren't supposed to beat. Ask Colorado. Yep. Ask ask some teams that they just came in here and they lost. And so give your as you're full of anxiety. Full of angst Yep. as these guys are going out the door. Give your head coach more credit. A little bit more trust, and uh, that's going to be the process. That's everything you need to know on a busy weekend that was. A great week ahead. Man, I love the 4th of July. I love the what La Nina has done to the Pacific Northwest. Is it like as beautiful? As, is, was that as good a June? How old are you now, Stretchy? 44? Is that, was that as good a June as you've had in your 40s? No, I'm years? out. I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm okay to say it. I'm, I'm okay to say it. I just say turned what? 37 years old. I'm fine with it. <laughs> No, it was gorgeous, but I mean, come on, don't I mean, don't make me sound old. Didn't we deserve it? Wasn't that spring? When where was spring? I mean, you go anywhere there, nobody had a spring. Yep. My my cousin had to leave Palm Springs. He lives down there because it went from winter to summer, and it was 106 immediately. We deserve it. It's yep. gorgeous yesterday. It's gorgeous all week. But that's it's our summer. That's why we live here. You ever chatted with Aaron Goldsmith? You ever hung out with this guy? Goldie? No, not once. Not one time. Not once. I don't be, even this... think I could pick him or his hair out of a crowd. You could. Uh, could great I? hair. It's gorgeous, man. Great hair, great voice, great ambassador for all that is the Mariners. And uh, he'll give us some great talking points of what they got done over the last couple days and what he saw when he was doing it on the national level Saturday for Fox and then yesterday back in his normal seat. This team in the Bay, Aaron Goldsmith with us next. Stretch is filling in for Salk, and you're listening to the Brock and Salk Show. Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Matt Stretch Johnson in for Mike Salk all week. Stretch, I'm, I'm going to do a little... I'm gonna do a little ad lib here, a little improvise on the oh, show sheet. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, you, God. No, we got Aaron Goldsmith. He's still coming on. But I think at 9.30, we've got to do an answer to the question, Jerk. Oh, fun. Yeah, so I'm going to ask you. I thought you were talking about a big decision. No, 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 no. Because you're the answer to the question, Jerk Insider. (laughs) And you came on, frankly, and you're here because of your domination of that a few weeks ago. Oh, don't flatter me. No, when you were so entertaining, you were so good. And Kyle Brown was like, hey, man, we, we need to stretch you back in there. We need him more, you know, more than just an answer to the question, Jerk Insider. But that is your wheelhouse. Right. So if you have any question on that text toy, 866-979-3776, and you want to text in any question, 
I, I, I there's few folks listening, and you got questions. We're going to do that at nine. I know Aaron's ready to go, and yeah. he's brilliant, and we got to get to him. But I went back and listened to that segment. Uh huh. It was awful. <laughs> I, I I swear, I, my producer hat came out, and I was uh-huh. like. Over talk. Why did I say that? Why did I interrupt? Can't uh-huh. hear anything. People in the back are trying to tie. It was horrible. I mean, it was like I played it for my neighbor and she's like, it's not good. That's not funny. And I was like, I think you're right. So anyways, good job okay. and great decision okay. uh, to do this at 930. But I, I think you're right. But anyways, Goldie, do you ever go back and listen to your broadcast? Aaron Goldsmith, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Great hair, great smile, great voice. Goldie, you ever go back and listen to yourself? What's going on, guys? Uh, yes, I do, and I still somehow get up every morning. You know, so it, you have you have. To, I, I've never played it for. I never played anything for a neighbor. Um, but <laughs> now, I think that, now, what's great about you, Goldie? Up. What's great about you is your boy is all in. So I'm going to guess your son. Does your son is he your biggest? I'm not going to say critic. Does he give you the most incredible feedback mm. of anybody you know? Can I tell you something? It's funny you bring that up. The first time that ever happened was after Saturday's game. What? So Saturday's game for the Mariners was on Fox. Yes. And I, I called that game. And when I drove home, I hadn't gotten out of my car <laughs> in my garage when my eight-year-old son comes up to the door of my car as I open it and says to me, Dad, you know, your calls of the Rays today, eh. <laughs> I look at him and I say, I go, "Oh, were they not? Were they not good?" And he said, "I'm just being honest." Yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh! Okay, okay. You want to go play catch in the backyard? What do you want to do now?" Uh, yeah. So he he let me have it a little bit, and I I still haven't gotten to the bottom of if he was just uncomfortable hearing me call like a game tying Luke Rayleigh home run and being excited for it, right. or. If, or if he thought that I didn't give Luke Rayleigh the props that he deserved mm. on a game-tying home run. Oh, you don't even like, know which re- side. No, I tried, to, I, like, I tried to dig deeper into it, and he just like gave me the hand and walked off. You know? well, understand, Stretch, his son's three and a half. So, you know, <laughs> actually, that's not true. Oh, how old's your, how, how old's your boy now? He eight? said he's eight. Eight, eight nine? Yeah. That's awesome. No, see, I... I as, as he understands, the best trait of an interviewer is listening to what yeah, is said. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, he's yeah, definitely talent, and I'm still the producer. I got you. But, but quickly, didn't, didn't you listen as you developed your talent? And you're very, very good and very entertaining. I love listening to you. But wait, you listen to yourself, and it's uncomfortable, but you got better that way? I mean. Well, that's very nice of you, first of all. Uh, yes. Like, the, I think the hardest part of – one of the hardest parts of this job is that you you have to be able to hear yourself in real time and know if something was good or bad or average. And then you have to also be willing to put in the time to go back and listen. And then thirdly, you have to find somebody who's honest with you. And I mean, that's probably true of like any profession, but you have to find somebody who is honest with you who says, hey, I heard this last night, and I thought it could have been better because of this or that. Mm. And nobody really wants to be the bad guy. Uh, but that's that's a hard thing to do, all three of those things, but specifically the last part, because you have to have people's feedback, because if you don't, you, you can't 
you can't be your own producer every night for nine innings for 162 games. You won't, you won't catch everything. So it's, it's a really tough part of the job. There's no question. Well, Goldie, that is a great uh, lead-in to – and I don't think it's different for an athlete, by the way. When an athlete, a quarterback, a basketball player, a baseball player is in that moment, like you've, you've got to adapt and know in that moment – Okay, I've got to I've got to do this, and then you got to go back and you got to watch the tape. And sometimes it is super super uncomfortable, man. That eye in the sky doesn't lie, and it's really hard. And then lastly, you do need that coach, you do need that agent, you do need that feedback. And uh, one of our listeners actually texted in this morning and said, "Hey, did you guys hear? You know that manager? Did you guys hear Scott Service talking about his star, talking about Julio?" talking about the adjustments he needs to make. And, well, you know the way Moore and Justin work. They went and dug that up right away. So here was Scott Service Saturday after the game and, and some of what you just laid out right there, you know, having to be a critic, having to really listen. Here was Scott talking about his young superstar, and I want your reaction to it. Talk to players. You try to explain to players. You try to show them the numbers and the game and the video and everything else. There just comes a time there has to be the want to. And uh, I thought he made some good adjustments today. He stayed in the middle of the field. Even the ball he pulled at the end for the RBI single, he's trying to go to right center field, so he's staying on that ball, and good things happen. So, again, uh, who is a very young player? He's going to have ups and downs. Um, he's had some struggles this year. Um, and you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I know teammates are trying to help him out, coach staff trying to help him out. And, uh, you know, he needs to be open to those things because when he is, it's an electric player. It really is. Take me in that relationship from your seat that you've watched it through 82 games this year. I think it's true of not just Julio, but a lot of young players. I know Jared Kelnick spoke openly about this earlier this year, referring to his season last year. And that is in today's era, when you are a young player and especially a young and hyped player with superstar talent, all those guys, I don't care what organization, they all have a lot of voices, right? A lot of people, a lot of fingerprints on those type of players to get them where they are today and to try to get them to even the next level once they get to the big leagues. And I think one of the hardest things for any young player that has that type of skill set, like a Calmic, like the Julio, where the expectations are through the roof, is being able to filter out what information do I need and what information do I not need? And what should I listen to? Who should I listen to? And who should I not? Because the guy, the person that you listened to maybe two years ago, right? When you were in Arkansas, that might not be the person you should listen to now. Maybe it is, but then again, maybe it's not. And how quickly can you filter that stuff out and get to the real heart of the matter and what you, who you need to be listening to and what you need to hear. And, Sometimes that might not be your hitting coach or your manager. Maybe it is your guy. Like all these guys have their own guy, right? Their own hitting coach, for example. And all the Mariners think very fondly of Julio's hitting coach, and they give him a lot of credit. And I've talked to Justin Hollander, Mariners general manager, about how do you view guys using independent coaches outside of the Mariners? And Justin has said very candidly, we don't feel like we know everything about baseball. <laughs> there, there are other people who might also have some good ideas and might also be smart, and we're open to that. And if that's going to help a player, like, for example, it helped Jared Kelnick over the winter, obviously. They allow that. They support that. But I, I do imagine that when the rubber hits the road in the season and it gets more difficult and every night you're going out there and every night maybe you're making the same mistake, 
and struggling with the same type of pitch. Uh, now there's more pressure in the moment, right? You can't just sit back and look at the data on a computer screen or watch the swing on an iPad and analyze it and come back and do it again the next day and make this week. There's pressure now because you are in the cooker of the season. So I think whether you are a big league manager or a rookie center fielder or a second-year player, being able to filter that out has got to be one of the great challenges. It doesn't matter uh, if you're a, a grown man uh, starting to manage like Scott Service did many years ago or if you're a young player like Julio Rodriguez. That, that's a challenge for anybody. Everybody's going to go through that and how quickly you can persevere and, and filter out the voices you don't need and focus on the ones you do need. That's a, a massive challenge for everyone in this game. Aaron, rock bottom is a, is a term a lot of people like to throw around, but it's been used quite a bit after the National Series. And you're around this team, and, and not just on the diamond, but you see them on the plane, you see them in the hotel, you walk around, you see their moods. How big, and there's 162 games, how big was this weekend taking two or three from Tampa for the mood to head down to San Francisco, for the team to move forward to make a, to make a run possibly? Well, you're right. There's, there's never a bad time for the best series win of the season. And it's especially good timing when it comes off the heels of uh, maybe the worst series loss of the season, and especially in the manner that it happened in the finale there against Patrick Corbin. I think for the Mariners, more than anything, the way in which they were able to stack those two wins against two really elite-level pitchers, I'm not sure how much knowledge the fan base had of Shane McClanahan because he's a Ray and he's far away and we don't see him that often. But this is a guy who could have started his second straight all-star game had he not been injured. And Glass now, I think probably people have a little more idea around, about because he's been around a little bit longer despite injuries. Uh, Glass now's strength is the Mariners' kryptonite. I mean, hardly anybody can spin a baseball better than Tyler Glass now and overpower you with almost 100 miles an hour. And the Mariners have struggled more than almost any team this year on the spin, mm. on the breaking ball. And the Mariners put together really quality at-bats. It felt like one through nine against Glass now. And I think one of the things to take away from that game, from both of those games, is the Mariners still struck out. Right, The Mariners still struck out in those last two games against Tampa Bay, which has obviously been a problem for the Mariners. And yet, they were able to win those games because they still managed to do damage when they weren't striking out. Uh, which is something that we have not seen on a regular basis, whether it be doubles or home runs. So to take a series win against a team that's been the best team in baseball this year, when you go on a really tough road trip to end up the first half, the, the clock is ticking. We all know that. The clock is ticking on this Mariners team, and they've got to find something to turn it around because they're running out of time on it. And they might be out of time. I mean, it's going to take a really, really incredible run in the back half of the season to make the playoffs. It, it can be done, but it's going to take something pretty incredible. But to be able to plant your flag on a series win against the Rays, especially the way the game three went, you're down 6-1, and then you come roaring back to win at 7-6. That, was, that felt like last year in a lot of ways, and we haven't had a lot of those moments this year for the Mariners. A couple more minutes here with uh, Aaron Goldsmith. Uh, he's got to get to work. You know, it's a it's a National League team. I cannot have your eight year old son once again questioning your calls um, from the booth. So uh, we got to let you get to to work for some prep on this. Help me understand this one though. Help me understand Castillo over Kirby for the All Star game. Well, both you're right. Both are deserving. I think for me, 
when I when I think about Castillo's season this year, there have been, in your defense, there was that stretch of time, right, where he had, let's call it five starts in a row, where he struggled. Now, he didn't get blown up in every start, but he wasn't Castillo in all five. And a couple of them he did get blown up, like in Boston, for example. That one stands out. But when I think of Castillo's season, that some of that those particles from those five starts, kind of those remnants are still kind of hanging with me. And I think about that in the big picture for him. And for Kirby, I mean, he had the really poor start on a Friday night against the Pirates when he gave up, what was it, four home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he hasn't had the kind of consecutive run of struggle like Castillo had. But yeah. for Luis Castillo, when you when you look on either side of that pocket of five starts or whatever it was, he's been dominant. And the numbers bear that out. His total season numbers have been dominant, especially when it comes to the swing and miss, but also just the simple run prevention, just his, his straight ERA. Now, obviously, he got tagged yesterday. That was not one of his better starts. Uh, but so I think if you're from the outside, which let's face it, that's where voters come from, right? Mm-hmm. And you're looking in, I mean, A, Castillo has name recognition. I mean, a lot of this is a popularity contest. There's no yeah. question. But he's also posted really good total numbers, this, even with that stretch of five starts. And Kirby has maybe been more consistent, hasn't had that run of, of poor starts put together by his own standards. And I think that's another thing for Castillo, those some of those starts were poor on his own standards that he has set for himself. None of them were quality starts. Uh, but I don't, to me, when you look at the Kirby Castillo conversation, it should be less about, man, Kirby has been better or Kirby deserves this. And it should be more about, hey, Luis Castillo is a frontline ace in Major League Baseball, and we're already – starting to compare George Kirby to him. Yep. That's yeah. the conversation. I mean, you yeah, know what I mean? Like yep. it's, it's, no, but I think it's, that's it's pretty remarkable what George has done. I think it's fair. I think him, you know, 19, 22 being an all-star, as you said, just what he did last year in big time moments as being Luis, it, you know, was going to give him the benefit of the doubt from a national perspective, but man, George has been absolute nails. Hey, quick last question for you. How big a deal is this blister? Bryce Miller had the blister the other night, obviously affected him, impacted him, knocked him out of that game. Uh, McCacken is on the taxi squad this week. Do you anticipate, if they were going to protect these young arms anyway, that maybe before the All-Star break you give it extra, extra time to heal up? Yeah, it's kind of a good built-in excuse. You're right. For both Miller and Wu, you're thinking, how are we going to how are we piece this together and make these innings work? The Mariners were in a somewhat similar situation last year with Kirby, for example, uh, I know this, like you can't mess with a blister, right? I mean, if you get a, a cracked fingernail, you can, I don't know if it's still legal or not, but it used to be, you could, you know, you could put a, a prosthetic nail over your finger, right? And tape it together essentially, but a blister, like, there's nothing you can do there. It was bleeding on the mound. They had to go get them. You can't rush that back. And we saw also after the Mariners and Scott made his initial visit out there to check in on, on Bryce, I mean, the command was gone. I mean, he started to spray the fastball. Obviously, he gave up the home run. But if this is a great way to bake in some extra time off to let that heal and save a start to push it down the road so you have him later, then that's what you have to do because we all know you you start messing with this and you start to make it worse than what it already is, and now you create a bigger problem. You can't rush it back. So if it's a day-to-day thing right now. Obviously, it would be a, a blow to lose him for a start, but in the long run, it could turn out to be a good thing. 
He is Aaron Goldsmith. Uh, appreciate so much time, as always, Goldie. made me think about a number of things. Uh, Stretchy, that's what the great guests do, right, in radio? They make you they, – they say something, and then it makes you think and process down different roads. They're called no-brainers. Yeah. You just hope they come on, and they want to come on instead of like, oh, my God, I'm back on with Brock. That's right. Yeah. I guess I'll do it. I'll do it from the hotel. That's yep. fine. Thank you, Goldie. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks. I'll be critiquing your football season from the hotel. Let's shoot you some text, man. I'll let you know what you're doing right or wrong. I got you. I got your back, Brock. I've always loved you for that. That is Aaron Goldsmith, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Great storytelling there. And, you know, you gave me that advice, Stretch. I don't know if you remember that some 15, 16 years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was that that long ago. What did I say in 2005? Honestly, like as as I started to jump into radio, you know, in 09, we started here. And I was working with you doing pre- and post-game radio and said, hey, man, I'm going to do this show. And you said, I don't even know if you remember saying this to me, but I do. And you said... You will remember, again, speaking of voices speaking into you, as, as Goldie was talking about there with Julio and all the voices and coaches and everything else, you said to me, he goes, you know when you, your show will be good? When people want to come on. Yeah. Remember saying that to me right there in no. that building? <laughs> no, I don't. You don't remember that? No, I don't. Yeah. I, no, I, had you... a whole, I still remember a whole list of things I wanted to tell you. Sure. Uh, and, and still tell you. But no, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't. Uh, thank you for that. But um yeah. Rick Scott, our consultant, said to Salk and I at, uh, at Adele, he said, you know your show will grow when you look at your show sheet and you don't get to half the stuff on it. You know you're hitting a good spot. You said to me, you, you, your show will grow when people actually want to jump on your show, and uh, and that's a good thing. And, and uh, of the world and the Ryan Divishes of the world and the Jeff Passons of the world and all the amazing Lewis Riddicks of the world, all the amazing guests that we have to add – thankfully uh, do want to be a part of this thing and we certainly appreciate it can i tell you a really quick story about those voices yes I well, would actually love to hear two it. things i've talked way too much so let me ask you a question first and then i got a story about voices was that difficult for you when you jumped into the play-by-play for the sounders having never done that was that difficult for you with the voices and the people critiquing and pouring in and did you have a hard time finding that lane of okay where do i trust and how do i go about this process oh i was <laughs> uh, yes of course it, it was a challenge i still i asked him i was selfish there because i had to go back and listen to myself to get better and my first year i didn't listen to one tape i was i was bad i thought i was really bad but i was very lucky to have access to bob rondo you know, and ask Bob Rondo and 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 have him be like brutally honest. And, and Kevin Calabro, I asked a number of different things and have him be brutally honest and not say, hey, will you take time to listen to me? But more, you know, give me some keys. And they all, you know, it's, and I, how did I forget Steve Rabel? And, and you know, and I'm talking yeah. about three yeah. really good play-by-play artists. I mean, Bob Rondo's an artist. And so he's like, first and foremost, be yourself. I mean, you got to be yourself, whatever it is. Don't listen to the people who don't like Ryan Divish, don't like soccer and and things like that. You know, you got to, you love soccer, come out and say you love soccer, be honest. But I was very lucky to talk to three men who really are Hall of Fame material uh, Mm -hmm. to help me and, you know, go back in six months and ask them more questions. And if you... Um, nobody's got it down. I mean, the best have it down, I think. And I think Aaron is very, very good. But there's an old gentleman, a gentleman uh, who's a, a Seahawk radio affiliate down in the Dallas, Oregon, that I would call often. 
And I still, I just talked to him last week. I met him in 2005, mm-hmm. and his name is Al Wynn. And he yep. still does play-by-play. He does Legion baseball play-by-play at the age of 82. And wow. it's these people that you have to listen to. And it's not your brother or your family. It's someone who can just deliver a message that not only you respect, but, you know, that puts you on your seat and like, yeah, that wasn't good enough. Why wasn't it good enough? Why wasn't it good enough? Yeah, and I don't think we appreciate that. And I so love that perspective from Aaron because we see the tip of the iceberg. We see these three or four at-bats a game every night. That's what we see. And, And we don't realize all of the family, friends, swing coaches, former coaches, all the people that speak into these players. And then for Scott's service, and I said this last hour, he's not a coach. (laughs) And as Aaron was speaking to that, like, oh, you're right. Here's another relationship that he's got to manage. How do I manage Julio and his swing coach and his people that are speaking into him? And, And are we dialoguing on the same path? Do we have the same mindset and the same vein of, hey, man, this is what we really want you to do? And you can't just carry that big stick and say, do it this way. This isn't football. I'm going to cut you. I'm done with you. No, no, it don't work that way. And now that he's got a 10-year guaranteed deal too, furthermore, it doesn't work that way. You better get on the same path and the same page with the voices around your superstars. Well, and they do, everybody wants him to have success if we're going to talk, if we're speaking directly to Julio. So hypothetically, the batting coach comes to service and says, he just won't listen to me when I'm dot, 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 dot. And again, hypothetically, mm-hmm. and service is thinking, man, that is great advice from you, and he's not listening to it. He's still trying to pull the ball too much, or he's trying to, you know, instead of going to right center, he's just trying to hack at that ball like everything's going to be a home run, and he's not listening. And so it's also uh, so many times in life it's defeat, when you're yeah. down and baseball yeah. is all about down, right? Eight yeah. out of ten times you're down. And how do you bounce back and who do you listen to? It's so tough. And, again, right at the end, service says the great thing is he's still young. He's yep. still young and he's got decisions to make and he can make decisions because he's a very intelligent baseball player. But it's got to be the, the pressure. And what didn't we anoint him last year? That's also part of the deal. Didn't we kind of yep. anoint him last year? The step forward's got to come. Mm-hmm. It's got to come in 23, and it hasn't. Well, you know what's going to come next? One of uh, Mora's just brilliant ideas. I mean, th- this show is just flowing Well, there's now. pages like, of them. Again, oh, I just they're, they're... hated my drive-in. I couldn't breathe on my drive-in. <laughs> well, I, you're going to like this. You're going to like this next one. Love it or leave it. It's Stretch In for Salk all week long. You're listening to us on the Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app.